We are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of, as the, uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're gonna, there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. We've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. Well, you heard it right there from the president of the United States himself. The new world order is being ushered in. I am but your humble video show host, Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It's March 22nd, 2022. That's a lot of twos. And uh, yeah, the new world order is here, but it has not stopped us from live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. Please subscribe to rumble.com slash Rubin Report if you have not. Uh, our whole show today is going to be about the new world order because Joe Biden said the new world order is coming in and the U.S. better lead. And then, of course, immediately what happened after that, immediately, because it's incredible how the machine operates. Twitter put up a topic, their trending topics, and they explained that Joe Biden didn't really mean that. And if you believe that a new world order is coming, you're a conspiracy theorist, even though the guy just said it himself. Uh, we are going to lay out the case. We've got one of those narrative shows for you today. We are going to lay out the case that it actually is coming. And everything that the Democrats and the administration and the powers that be and the media, et cetera, et cetera, have been doing for the last two plus years, at least, and probably far longer than that, has been designed to usher in this new world order. And I just want to say to our new lizard overlords, love you guys. You guys are doing great. And thank you. We're just happy to be here. Uh, before we get to any of that, though, guys, I want to remind you that the Don't Burn This Country book tour is up. Tickets are for sale. They are selling fast. Uh, and we've just announced a new guest that I had been teasing. But here we go in Orlando, Florida. We're kicking this thing off on April 18th. We'll announce the guest on that one soon. April 19th, the next, next night in West Palm Beach, we'll announce the guest on that one soon as well. Clearwater, Florida on April 20th, we've got Benny Johnson. April 21st in Raleigh, North Carolina, we've got Andrew Clavin. April 22nd in Atlanta, Georgia, we've got the Willy Wonka of politics, Michael Malice. April 23rd, Chicago, Illinois, we're going to announce that one soon too, the guest. Uh, April 24th, my man Glenn Beck in Dallas, Texas. April 25th, Megan McCain in Washington, D.C. April 26th, we've got Megan Kelly in West Nyack, New York. May 12th, Brea, California, we've got Dennis Prager. Uh, sorry, that was May 11th in Brea. Uh, May 12th in Oxnard, I fight. Excuse me, I can finally officially confirm we've got Larry Elder. It's official. He's coming and we're going to do our thing. The return of Reuben and Elder, uh, May 12th in Oxnard, California. May 15th, San Jose. We'll announce the guest on that one soon. May 16th, Phoenix. Uh, we're, I think I can announce this one tomorrow probably. And then May 18th, Denver. And then we'll add some more dates. Yes, we're working on Nashville. I want to get into the middle of the country a little bit more. This was just an initial jump in. You can buy tickets at DaveRubin.com slash events. The VIP tickets are all going super fast. People want the handshake and the one second hug. So get in there, get 
your tickets now and before we get to anything else in the night. I promise you we got a big show for you today. You're going to be very happy with the program. I ask nothing of you other than to sit back and enjoy it today. You're, and I promise you, you will. I want to talk to you guys about Bonner Private Wine. Do you know what's in the wine bottle sitting on your kitchen counter? You probably don't. And traditional media won't tell you this. They've got oak flavoring, mega purple dye and tons of sugar. And that's not counting all the chemicals left over from vineyards that look more like oil refineries than the great chateaus of old. But better wines do exist and they don't cost an arm and a leg either. Take it from America's top explorer. Recently, he came across a wine unlike anything he's ever tasted. Problem is this delicious red wine can only be found in a single isolated corridor known as the world's most remote wine valley. Heck, he nearly died twice trying to find these vineyards. The wine is that special. Want to give him a try today over at Bonner Private Wines. My audience can get these rare wines at half the retail price. No need for a promo code, plus you'll get 50% off shipping. The wine is truly something special, but supplies are limited. Visit bonnerprivatewines.com slash Dave to claim your wine. That's bonnerprivatewines.com slash Dave. And now back to me. We are having some friends over tonight. We are smoking a leg of lamb and I will be drinking a nice Malbec. There you go. All right. So I want to show you one more time the video of President Joe Biden telling us that the new world order is coming. You know, we, we throw that up there. Go. Point, I believe in the world economy, not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of them, as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people dying, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. Oh, I don't remember Joe Biden saying anything about a new world order when he was running for president. Do you guys remember anything about that? That sounds more like, I don't know, Alex Jones kind of conspiracy stuff, like globalists, new world order. I don't remember anything about that. I remember tolerance and diversity and unity. But now we've got a new world order and a new world order that he says the United States has to lead, which that's even more funny than the idea of a new world order in and of itself, as if these people could lead anything. But anyway, that is exactly what Joe Biden said yesterday, okay? He also, that was an, it sort of was ominously like, oh, a lot of people are about to die so we can usher this thing in because that's what happens when we get these new world orders. But let's put that aside for just a sec. He said that. You heard it there for yourself. Here's what Twitter said about it like a minute later. New world order. It was trending in politics. Unfounded claims about the new world order. Conspiracy theory are discussed after President Joe Biden used the phrase as he spoke about the United States response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine during an address at Business Roundtable CEO quarterly meeting. So he says New World Order, then people start talking about New World Order, and then of course Twitter frames it as, but crazy people are the ones really talking about the New World Order. Now, the thing is, um, it's fairly obvious. It is fairly obvious that that is what these people have been ushering in when you look at everything that has transpired over the last couple of years, when you look at the riots in the streets, when you look at the collapsing economy, when you look at the disaster of Afghanistan, when you look at this war that feels very fabricated or at least unclear and murky as to what's really going on, uh, when you hear them 
talk about globalism. When you hear the World Economic Forum people talk about you won't own anything and you'll be happy. It's like, yeah, you guys have actually been ushering this in this entire time and it is not a conspiracy theory. So over the course of the next 20 minutes or so, we're gonna go back, we're gonna rewind the clock because I always say it's important to remember what they said and what they were doing so that you can figure out where we're at at this very moment. And I think we've laid out a pretty solid case that this has been their intentions, it's exactly what they're doing, and they're gonna keep coming. But before I do that, I wanna to talk to you guys about Roman healthcare. You know, when the moment for intimacy arrives, you need to be ready, Roman ready. Whether you've been in a relationship for years or are just getting started, having the confidence that comes from preparation means you're free to enjoy the moment when the moment comes. Even though you are far from ordinary, the truth is that ED is really common. In fact, 52% of guys aged 40 to 70 experience some form of erectile dysfunction. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication's appropriate, it'll ship to you for free with two-day shipping. Roman's system is completely confidential and totally discreet. No big logos or labels on the packages. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash Ruben and complete an online visit. The benefits of ED treatment can help you reconnect with your partner and rediscover the joy of sex. Go to getroman.com slash Ruben today. And if you're prescribed, get 15 bucks off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this spring. Roman ready. And now back to me. Okay, little heavy on ads up top. I agree. I'll control it going forward. Uh, but okay, now we're gonna lay out the case. Joe Biden said, there is a new world order on its way and the US has to lead it. Twitter said, if you say that, you're a conspiracy theorist, even though the old bastard just said it. Well, let's go into what's happened over the last couple of years. Has something been happening in the United States and perhaps across the world, has a series of events happened that would lead us to believe that they are trying to destroy Western society? Uh, let's start perhaps with policing and what's gone on with policing and politics. Our, how do our politicians talk about policing and what sort of chaos maybe that's led to on the streets of our cities? Here's some of my favorite politicians. So we've been talking about defunding the police. Uh, there's some issues that we ask police to do, like mental health issues or policing in schools and all the rest, that perhaps we can uh, shuffle some of that money around. Suck it up. Defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police. Mayor Eric Garcetti saying, Take some of the money from policing, about $150 million. I applaud Eric Garcetti for doing what he's done. Not only do we need to disinvest for in police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. So yes, defund your butts, defund you. We will be moving funding from the NYPD to youth initiatives and social services. They are talking about reducing the allocation of resources to that department. And I think every single city in this country ought to be thinking about the same thing. Yes, I support the defund movement. I'm for responsible reallocation of resources. And defund the police. I think you do all those other things, you don't need all the money that's going to the police department. So yeah, I mean, the spirit of it, I, I, I do support that. We propose to redirect over $7 million from the police bureau. That our city, through our city administrative officer, identified $250 million in cuts. Rashida Tlaib tweeting, no more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. When they're saying defund the police, what are they saying? They're saying we want fundamental, basic change when it comes to policing. Uh, and they're right. 
All right, so the full video there goes on for another five minutes. Now, those were all Democrats. I, I asked my guys, can we find any videos of Republicans calling for defunding the police? I don't want to be totally partisan here if it's not the case. We couldn't find any. But I think you see what I'm doing here. So here are people that for the last two years, many of those people are, are no longer in their jobs, thankfully. Andrew Cuomo would be the, the highlight of that. Um, but here are people who have called for more death. They have called for more destruction in our cities and we know exactly what has happened. That is exactly what has happened to our cities. We now know that two years after all the riots and everything else, and it is kind of funny, you know, where are the riots these days? Whatever happened to BLM? Did they ever do anything good for the black community? Whatever, whatever that phrase means in sense of community. Um, did they solve systemic racism? Why aren't they out there rioting and destroying cities anymore? Could it have something to do with that orange guy being gone? Could this have all been a sham and really coordinated through the Democrats and their media allies? <laughs> Dave, what are you talking about? Um, but this is what they've brought on us and it's intentional, right? Because they were telling us, hey, this is what we are gonna do. Then it got so bad that some of them have slightly backtracked, but it's not just the policing. It's actually what they're also doing to our borders and our ability to deal with people who are here illegally. Here is Vice President Kamala Harris talking about ICE. A lot of the signs at the rally you just held were people standing there saying, abolish ICE. Yeah. Is that a position that you agree with? Listen, I think there's no question that we've got to critically re-examine ICE and its role and the way that it is being administered and the work it is doing. And we need to probably think about starting from scratch. Oof, boy, that's a real shot to Barack Obama because he loved ICE and we deported an all, awful lot of people under uh, Barack Obama. Yes, he's a racist. Um, I think you see the point of what we're doing there. So, the, okay, let's get clear here. They don't like the police, so that caused a lot more violence on our streets. They don't like ICE, and by the way, Kamala Harris isn't the only one. We could have picked plenty of videos, anyone from the squad and Bernie Sanders and anybody else trying to get rid of ICE. ICE's job is to make sure if they find people that are here illegally, so you are inherently breaking the law if you're here illegally, they figure out what to do with you, whether they're gonna detain you or send you back to your country of origin, et cetera, et cetera. Now, we can have some level of discussion how much we should fund that, and what, they, what the processes are related to what they do when they capture somebody and what, what our border policies should be, right? Like we could have a really honest conversation about that. It's very hard to do because there was, again, that orange guy, and I always forget his name, who was saying, you know, build a wall, you have a border, and if you don't have a border, you don't have a country. Now it's kind of like, that's sort of what the Democrats are saying right now as they're letting all of these people in. So, okay, they wanna get rid of the police. They wanna get rid of, you know, the people who are protecting our borders. But it's not just the people who are protecting our borders and making sure that legal people here in the United States, they actually want to just ram through the border altogether. Here's a video, we showed you this a couple months back. This is September, 2021, Del Rio, Texas. This is our Mexican-Texan border. Beneath this border bridge in Del Rio, Texas, a group of migrants grows by the hour. The men, women, and children, mostly from Haiti. Tonight, they number nearly 15,000, tripling in size since Wednesday all waiting in near 100-degree heat, washing clothes in the Rio Grande and sleeping outside for a chance to claim asylum. We need the administration, Secretary Mayorkas, the vice president, and the president to call this what it is. This is a crisis. With staff unable to keep up with processing, state lawmakers are calling on Washington for help. Did you catch the part about most of them being Haitian? Now, I have no problem with Haitians, but when people think of the Mexican border, they think it's just Mexicans coming over. But we now know that it's people literally from all over the world, Haiti included, and all over the Middle East and everywhere else. 
Eastern Europe, Western Europe, they get to Mexico and then they just walk over. Uh, so let's go back through the case. They're getting rid of the police. They don't like the police and that led to a lot of destruction. They don't want ICE, the people who are trying to make sure that once people are in here, we can deal with them properly because you've already broke the law of the United States. And if we don't know who's here, we have a big problem on our hand. And they're basically erasing the border. And if you want some actual statistics on that, here's data from the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Uh, this is Southwest land border encounters year over year. So in 2020, so this is basically illegal people that are trying to get over the border. In 2020, there were 458,000 such instances. In 2021, it basically tripled, more than tripled, to 1.73 million. And then in October of 2021 to February of 2022, roughly four months, 838,000 interactions, whatever that fully means, the full context of what that means, uh, between border agents and people getting here illegally. So you see the case, people? Think you got it. So they're telling us they want a new world order. But if you, if you say it, you're a conspiracy theorist, but that's what Joe Biden's saying. They're taking out the police. They're taking out ICE. They are uh, taking out our borders. So I thought, well, oh, that seems an awful lot, Dave. This is getting very scary, but it must end there. It, there can't be more evidence that these people are trying to destroy the United States of America in honor of some sort of new world order. That seems bananas. Uh, well, let's talk about inflation. We've got some info here. Uh, first off, we had that insane $6 trillion rescue plan, right? Everybody knows about that, which was... You know, you just print money, people. You just print money and you see what happens. That's how it works. Okay, so be it. Uh, we have this image that you're looking at here from the U.S. inflation calculator. The annual inflation rate for the United States right now is 7.9% for the 12 months ending in February 2022, the highest since January 1982 after rising 7.5% previously in 2021, according to U.S. Labor Department data published March 10th. Now, again, without getting into crazy politics here and crazy uh, economics, when inflation rises, your money is worth less and then goods cost more. Inflation, bad. But fear not, people. Joe Biden, the guy warning us of the new world order that's not really coming, he is also telling us that uh, his policies and what he's doing has nothing to do with inflation, even though we didn't really have it under Orange Man and it suddenly is going bananas under Senile Man. So I'm sick of this stuff. We have to talk about it because the American people think the reason for inflation is government spending more money. Simply not true. Well, if he's sick of it, then obviously it isn't true. But of course it's true. By not true, he means true. When the government makes up money and just prints money endlessly based on nothing, based on no gold standard or anything else, right? When it just literally goes to the printing presses and says, let's just flood the system with more money and or borrow money from other people. Any of you who have ever borrowed money from anybody, when you borrow money from people, what happens when you go back to the people? So you borrow a hundred bucks from a friend, right? We've all borrowed money from somebody at some point, right? I, I remember once, a little bit after college, I, I borrowed, I think 500 bucks from a buddy. And it's like, okay, you then have to pay that person back. And maybe they charge you interest, maybe they don't, uh, but you can't keep going back to them. Oh, I borrowed 500, ah, can I get a little bit more? You know, you can do that. And this is what happens with the mafia. Next thing you know, you're in debt, $10,000, and then they got to break your legs and take you out to the swamp in Jersey. 
okay? And that's what China is probably going to do to us at some point because they are our bank in essence at this point. So we print money we don't have. We don't have. We are a debtor nation. It's just how it is, okay? And then we also, what are we trying to pass? A $14 billion, was it billion? Yeah, $14 billion for Ukraine. It's like, I'm pretty sure some Americans could use a little, a little bit of that. But we did get our 16 cent savings. Remember in, uh, on July 4th, they, the White House actually put up an image that you will save 16 cents on your July 4th feast. God, these freaks. Um, this is bad. This is bad, but don't worry. Joe Biden says it has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do with him endlessly printing money. It has nothing to do with him destroying the economy and shutting down businesses and everything else. It has nothing to do with him. Now, the irony, of course, is that I'm fairly certain that if the economy was chugging along super well right now, and if we were all rolling in dough and the monopoly man was you know, handing out cash every time you pass go, uh, I'm pretty sure Biden would be like, yeah, it's me. Well, he doesn't know where he is, but like somebody around there would be saying, this is all because of Joe Biden and the Democrats. These Democrat policies have saved everybody and there's more money and everything's great, but you just know it's not true. You know it's not true from the price of oil and gas and everything else. And actually, let's talk about the price of oil and gas. We've got some data here from Markets Insider. The price of oil per barrel this morning, this very morning, $110.25. The day of Biden's inauguration, just a little bit over a year ago, $53.24. So it has just more than doubled, just more than doubled the price of gas. So, okay, let's see what they're doing. Let's back it up. Taking out the police, taking out ICE, taking out the borders, inflation up, gas prices up. Boy, if these people, if the goal is to destroy everything, they're doing a hell of a job about it, right? They're doing a heck of a job. And here's the key video now that I want you to see here because they're doing it intentionally. And there simply is no doubt about it. Here is a compilation of Democrats talking about why they're doing all of this and, uh, you know, how you are just going to have to suck it up, you peon. The future of transportation is electric. Gas prices have hit a new record high in America and expected to keep rising. We need to make sure that it becomes relatively more attractive to have an electric vehicle instead of a gas vehicle. So you vehicle. want gas prices to go up and oil prices to you go up. You need it to reflect to the true cost of carbon. Number one. No more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. Record high gas prices. The national average now at $4.29 a gallon, a 60 cent hike in just one week. The president is really focused on making sure that people are not hurt at the pump. Several around L.A. that are more than six bucks a gallon. If you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you, clearly. There's no sound or fuel. How many barrels of oil does the U.S. consume per day? I don't have that number in front of me. So how do I know it's actually working? What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Perhaps if you let the market work in this respect, people will feel pain. They'll take a second look at that Ford F-450 gigantoid truck. They'll reconsider a Tesla. I'm willing to pay $4 a gallon. Hell, I'll pay $15 a gallon because I drive a Tesla. I have a Chevy Bolt. That is my car. I lease a Bolt and I lease solar panels. So I drive on sunshine, girl. <sighs> These people are all better than you guys. They have more than you and they want you to know that. Now, I want to admit something here. I just got a new Tesla last week, I did. Uh, I work very hard, I have a couple successful businesses. 
Uh, I lease the Tesla, which actually is probably not the best idea because Teslas, because of all of this, will retain their value over the years. Um, I'm not against electric cars. The Tesla is one of the coolest uh, innovations that we've had in America, worldwide actually, in the last 20 years. It really is. It, it's really like driving a different thing than driving a regular car. Like it's all digital to drive, to go forward, you have to slide your finger up. To go backwards, you have to slide your finger down. Like it's just super cool, the automated driving, all of the stuff, okay? So I'm, I'm not sitting here telling you that electric is bad, it's not. And if we could figure out a way to, to convert to more renewable energy safely and securely and also not destroy the economy at the exact same time, and if any of this would have any real effect on the environment, which is a whole separate topic, knowing that we can only control what we do within our borders, but other countries going through their own industrial revolutions, China, India, for example, huge, massive countries doing whatever they want. If they're gonna keep doing all of that stuff and we're just gonna harm our economy in the name of green energy, we're, we're gonna be worse off. The, the simple truth is that fossil fuels and gas and fracking and all of these things, and especially nuclear, uh, these are the things that are still the best way to raise more people up out of poverty. I actually watched an incredible movie. If you haven't seen it, it's like 10 years old. I watched There Will Be Blood over the weekend on Netflix, and it's all about the, the oil rush in the late 1800s and goes into probably the 1920s, 1930s. Really fantastic movie. Um, who's the actor in There Will Be Blood? The guy's a freaking incredible actor. Um, anyway, they are trying to destroy everything. G give me that guy's name real quick before we move on. Daniel Day-Lewis. Day the guy is, he's really like, you know, they say actors, you know, I don't like when they say actors are geniuses. It's like Tom Hanks didn't really go to the moon. Uh, you know, he pretended to, that doesn't make you a genius. But this guy, Daniel Day-Lewis, like, great actor. Anyway, they are trying to destroy the whole damn thing. They really are. Here is video of Secretary of Energy, uh, Jennifer Granholm. She was in the little compilation we just showed you there, uh, talking about how we can't let this Ukrainian moment go to waste because there's something else going on here. Maybe it has something to do with the new world order. As you can imagine, and as you have heard, there is a lot of conversation that is happening right now in, in saying that this crisis in, uh, in Europe and the crisis our allies are facing and the reduction of supply of uh, natural gas and oil from Russia creates a moment that we should be acting. I mean, we heard President Zelensky, we do not want to see uh, any country that is held hostage to Vladimir Putin. And this is a moment for Congress to be able to act. There can be a compromise. There can be movement on this. Um, and whether it's, you know, I mean, what the form is and who sponsors are and all of that, that's, a, that's a, a conversation that's happening. But the bottom line is, this is a moment to have this happen. It's an urgent moment. What, this is, what a crazy coincidence, guys. I actually can't believe this. These people who all want us to move off of energy the way we've done it for so long. And we can, again, have that conversation about how we can clean up some things related to all of that and how you actually transition without destroying an economy. They suddenly got this war out of nowhere that no one's exactly sure what's going on there. And it's the perfect moment for them to usher in the thing that they want to usher in. These guys, they're the luckiest people on earth. Jennifer Granholm and Joe Biden are lucky. They're just so lucky. And Gay Pete and all of them, they're just so lucky that we got this war so they could do their energy thing. It's just great. Okay, so we're laying out a case here. What do we have? We've got police, we've got ice, we've got border, we've got inflation, we've got oil and gas no drilling so we can move to electric. But I would imagine that the rest of our foreign policy has been pretty solid, right? It's not like there was any sort of disaster, uh, say eight months ago or something, something that was so 
unbelievably horrible that it actually shook people to their very foundations, although we don't talk about it anymore. There couldn't have been such a thing like that, maybe in August related to Afghanistan. Kabul airport this morning is back up and running. Evacuation flights for U.S. Embassy personnel and contractors in full swing. Flights were stopped yesterday when tens of thousands of Afghans stormed onto the runways, desperate to leave, clinging onto aircraft, trying not to be left behind as the Americans pull out. U.S. troops found themselves overwhelmed as they tried to clear the airport, firing warning shots. The Pentagon says American troops killed two armed Afghans, but some Afghans were able to get out. On one flight so full, it may have set a record for the number of people who can fit onto an American C-17. Afghans are running from the Taliban, now in full control, setting up checkpoints with the very weapons American taxpayers bought for the Afghan army, which collapsed instead of fighting after the U.S. pulled out of bases and left them without air support. Okay, so we obviously could have shown you far more horrific video out of Afghanistan. Doesn't that feel like a lifetime ago when you watch that? It's like, man, remember that? The 13 Marines who died there? Uh, how we abandoned the Afghani translators and people that were helping us work on the ground? The, the billions, the billions of dollars worth of equipment that has fallen into the hands of the Taliban. We don't discuss any of this stuff anymore. And I was never for the Afghanistan war. It was the longest war in American history, and we had to figure out how to get out. Uh, but do you think if you wanted to harm America's reputation across the world and make our allies go, man, what are these people doing? And you wanted to make people wonder about the, the true nature of what the United States is. Um, do you think perhaps you would leave the exact way that we did in that embarrassing disaster? And of course now Chinese and Russian influence in Afghanistan is growing. We know that's growing. So could that have a little something to do with ushering in a new world order? You sort of make us look like fools on the national stage, but okay. I'm talking about foreign policy. Let's bring it back here to the United States. There was this thing, you may remember some of you may remember this, those of you who've really been paying attention. There was this thing called COVID for a while. This is where people were wrapping their heads in cellophane and staying in underground bunkers and ordering in Chinese takeout for a while because you had to do that to make sure grandma didn't die. Um, well, there was this guy, Anthony Fauci from the NIH, and uh, he's been a public servant for a couple decades now. Uh, unclear how much he's done that's ever been good. It's very unclear, actually, and a lot of people think he's done an awful lot of bad. Um, and he's lied to us many times over, and he could be in a lot of trouble if the Republicans take Congress again, as uh, my friend Rand Paul has already pointed out. They will try to drag him in and actually break up the position, and, and I don't know, he could face all sorts of punishment. But anyway, here's Anthony Fauci a few days after the 2020 election, November 12th, to be precise. So this is right after Biden won the election. Uh, when Fauci decided to really tell us uh, who's in charge. So are there countries that you, you know, there are countries that seem to be doing well that then weren't doing so. Are there countries now that hold up as models for, you know, pretty good response to this? You know, the answer is yes, but right now it seems that every country is suffering. Yeah. We are often compared with countries that are not comparable to us. We are not a little island of five million people that we can shut off. We're not a country that would accept if a ruler tells us, you must do this. I was talking with our UK colleagues just today who were saying the UK is very similar to where we are now in outbreak because each of our countries have that independent spirit, but we don't want to be told what to do. Well, I understand that, but now is the time to do 
what you're told. <laughs> and I think it really is something that we should be doing right now. Ugh, the laugh, right? It's the laugh after now is the time to do what you're told. Like, they, man, you just scratch one of these people. You scratch a government worker, you scratch a lefty, a progressive, and the worst sort of tyrannical authoritarian just comes out. And it's so interesting because that, which also feels like a really long time ago, but it's only a year and a half ago, right after the election of 2020, um, you can see the way it shifted where he's actually talking about freedom. There are some things that we can't do. There's the streak of independence. Uh, we, we are, he says, we are not a country who would accept that you will do this, meaning that we'll accept mandates and lockdowns and everything else. And then he pushed the hell out of mandates, which now are disappearing because good American people fought back against it. But that was a year and a half ago. Uh, now that uh, COVID seems to be wrapping up, although season two is coming, I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, here's Fauci a couple days ago, uh, and he's, uh, he's digging the, the lockdowns and all the other stuff, and maybe they will make a comeback. If we do see a significant surge, particularly one that might result in increased hospitalizations, we have to be prepared to pivot and perhaps reinstitute some of those restrictions. No, Anthony, we are not reinstituting those restrictions. You are not the God of us. You are not an elected official. And I think there's an argument to be made that even the elected officials don't have the right to lock our businesses and keep us in our homes and enter everything else. Um, and uh, thankfully I live in the free state of Florida. And I know that the governor here will not listen to any of your nonsense. And we have a surgeon general here, Ladipo, who's actually following the science. So I think we've laid out quite a case here. Do you see what we did there? Uh, we talked about the police. They tried to destroy our policing, which then destroyed our cities and crime has exploded. We know that in all the videos, people walking into drugstores, stealing stuff. You know what's going on in San Francisco and most of our major cities and the amount of murders that are rising and everything else. Uh, we talked about ICE, so they don't want illegal people that are here to be dealt with. They just want illegal people to be here. And once you're here illegally, then the rest of your life is an illegal process. And we... Uh, Again, we can talk about, well, what do you do about the 12 million people who were born here and that are living good lives and all of those things? Okay, but you see what we're doing here. We, they don't want voter IDs, right? When I voted in the presidential election and for the recall in California, I tried to show my ID and they would not let me do it. I literally tried to do it. So they wanna get rid of the police. They wanna get rid of ICE. We showed you the video from the border. They're more than happy to let all of these people rush in and we showed you the numbers. They're actually doing it. Uh, we talked about inflation, inflation going up now 7.9%, which probably means that it's more. And what, again, that means is that you have basically 8% less money than you think you have. So when you're looking at your account, take it off 8%. Uh, then we've got all the gas situation, uh, which is completely insane, as you've seen. Uh, I saw there was one in, I think it was in Northern Cali, uh, diesel was $9.99 a gallon, $9.99 a gallon. It's happening. But as Joe Biden said, it has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do with him. And the new world order thing also is a complete conspiracy theory, right? We had a $6 trillion rescue plan. We didn't have $6 trillion. We borrowed the $6 trillion or we just printed it. Does that do anything to the economy? <laughs> uh, then of course we talked about the move to electric cars. That's obviously connected to that. They want to usher in their new world electric grid situation. Uh, then foreign policy, we uh, basically left Afghanistan in shambles, said to all of our allies, hey, we don't know what the hell we're doing. And then of course we brought it back home to the people that have been running this country related to COVID and they're sitting there laughing, saying we may have to institute some of the stuff again, even though the stuff didn't work. We've got a, close, a cold close for you today that I think you're gonna dig. Uh, because uh, if any of this is concerning to you, this was, I guess, I guess, guys, this was a little bit of a concerning show today.
this was a concerning show. So we're going to end you with hope because there is a woman by the name of Kamala Harris and she's second in charge and, and she's good. This is a woman who knows her shit. She's good. And we've got video to prove it <laughs> that we're going to show you in just a second. This woman seriously knows what she's doing. And if anything, you know, if Joe Biden, if one morning, you know, fell down the stairs, whatever it is, uh, she'd be in charge and everything would be okay. Uh, guys, I want to remind you before we show you that video, trust me, you want to stick around for a moment, uh, that the uh, book tour for Don't Burn This Country is coming out. Uh, you can get tickets at daverubin.com slash events. And I've got great guests. And I just, I really, I promise you, it's going to be a show like you've never seen before. I'll do a different show every single night. Great guests like Dennis Prager, Megan Kelly, Megan McCain, Glenn Beck, Larry Elder, Benny Johnson, Michael Malice, Andrew Clavin. We're going to add a bunch more. I'm just waiting on a couple schedules to fall out. Uh, I really, really think you'll dig it. You get a book, by the way, with every ticket ordered, regular seat or VIP. The VIP seats are selling out super fast. People want the handshake. They want the handshake and the one second hug. And I will oblige. Uh, part one of my interview with Judge Andrew Napolitano is up right now. We get into a lot of the legal stuff that's happening right now between uh, what happened with Jesse Smollett just walking out of jail, basically, and uh, the Supreme Court nominee, which is the hearings are happening right now. We'll have more on that later in the week and a whole bunch of other stuff. He's a really interesting guy. And on that note, people, I know it was a bit of a scary show. It was a bit alarmist. You know, I like to give you guys hope. And uh, I think we do have hope. We have hope in two words, Kamala Harris. The governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.